Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes, and welcome back, chat episode something. 32, I think. It is 32. Ooh, 32. Been last to 22. It's been. Uh, 20, we're, it's, it's 2021. <laughs> my God. Episode 32. Next is 22. Is yeah, that the tagline? That's, that's what I mean. It's been a big year, man. Mm. It's been pretty good. Yep. That's how we. That's to summarize the tagline of our year. It's been pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's moments. It's been fun. Uh, You're talking as if it's it's ending like. Yeah, you know, back chat's ending. It's not. No, it's not. It's only just begun. It only just begun. <laughs> uh, yeah, here we are. Back chat. Um, last episode of 2021. That's what's mm. ending. The year's ending. It's been a fun little uh, climax towards the end, getting some good guests on. Yeah. Um, we've got some big ones planned for you next year. It's going to yep. be fun. Appreciate those that are joining us on YouTube. Go Howdy. on. Get on there. Yep, click, smash that click it, button. Subscribe it. Like, yes, please. Again, like we know how many people are listening to this. We know exactly how many. And yeah. we love you. And it's we like, have your IP address. <laughs> we have your address. No, we don't know anything else other than we know how many people are listening. I need you all to just go and subscribe to YouTube right now. All right? We'll give you a time. We'll give you five seconds right now. I'm going to stop talking. Just give me silence. And it's got, if, you, if you don't want to subscribe, we already have. Maybe I'll, use that five seconds to breathe. Yeah, I'll get some music. For the five seconds, does it start now? Got nothing. I love how you can't sit in silence. You, no. get, you <laughs> had to keep speaking just there. All right, there it is. Uh, Subscribe to YouTube. Well done. Yeah, appreciate you. Now, um, we had our Christmas party. Yeah, there's been a few things going on. Yeah, we had our back chat Christmas party last week. All were invited, so all, you know, big fans of the of the podcast and the uh, and of the show will realize that we've had you and I have been here every mm-hmm. week. Charlie, big part of the show to start off with. Yep. Big inclusion. Fizzled out a bit for a bit. Uh, he went on some sort of, um, you know, hot hot dad session. I don't know what he was doing up there. I think it was a um, retreat. It was sort of like Survivor combined with uh, Farmer Wants a Wife combined yes. with The Bachelor, I yep. believe. Combined with Big Brother. He's back. Charlie's yep. back. So In a big way. Charlie was at the Christmas party. Sammy, our new addition, mm. he was not. Had 
was too busy. Driving his Tesla around. <laughs> yeah. We will discuss that. That's what did come out of the Christmas party. We effectively built an entire episode where we will not need a guest. Mm. I found out a few things on the Christmas party that are worth sharing. Yeah. That's just a little teaser. Can't get into them right now. Of course. Um, we didn't have any moments sort of like your moment at Crown the week before where you were spotted in a crowd full of twenty to 30,000 people at yep. the F1, mm. which is relevant now. It is. As we'll be chatting to Kim Ilman later in the show, the world's best, greatest F1 photographer of all time, or it <laughs> may or may not be that. It could just be a good one. Good at the moment. Yep. Very good. So we'll speak to Kim a little later. I know he's got a cool story. He literally um, travels around the world yeah. taking photos at the F1. No, that's not our like footy thing, but we haven't like we're kind of like interviewing yeah, different people. Dabble. Now. Yeah, dabble. Um, it'll be an interesting chat. We're going to look forward to that. But yeah, we didn't have any celebrity moments. No, like you did at the Crown because you are a big time celebrity now. Yeah, huge, um, recognizable. I need a PA. It's getting it's getting too much. The only moment that we did sort of have from the Christmas party um, was more for me that I had a slight COVID scare. Um, and got a test because <laughs> um, we were out in Northridge. Yeah. Um, not at any of the hotspots, but then I started getting a bit sick. Well, we were pretty close to a hotspot. Very spot. close. We, to we were, two, I think. We we're very close to two. We were at a venue that was a hotspot the night before. Mm. Yes. So maybe, oh, I don't think it'll be a hotspot. Anyway, no. you got tested. So. Yeah, I got tested. Um, How was that experience? Negative. Oh, it sucks. You've done many of them. First you, one I've ever done. I can still, <laughs> when I talk about it, I feel that. The tingle on my nose. It's, it's horrible. It's a shocking experience. It's not fun whatsoever. No. You miss Christmas morning because of it. Yeah. Um, FaceTime. Not ideal. For Christmas morning. Yeah, not ideal. Uh, but so. we're still here. Yep. Uh, look, it was a big moment in the podcast for a few reasons. The Ashes was, of course, finished up this week. Yeah. Uh, Australia win 3-0. There's a couple of games to go, but it's over. Yeah. It's fucking We've retained over. the Ashes. It is over. And you know what else is over? Me hearing anything to do with how good your five for 16 was, mate, because mm-hmm. you can piss that straight into the wind. Because Scott Boland, and yes, his last name is Boland. Yep. Wow, we. Does that blow your mind? It blew <laughs> mine. Boland. He's taken six for seven on debut in a Boxing Day Ashes test as a Victorian. I'm sorry, mate. Not bad. It doesn't go. It, no, no, no. It completely ruins you. That's what it does. <laughs> well,. Look, technically his sort of is a final. The Ashes are a finals of sort. Mm. That English team, like I could probably get up there with my figs, but you know what? Um, I have talked about it for a while, but we are this trophy that sits in front of me proudly with five for 16 that I got in a final under 12s, um, Chewett Hill Lions Club. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's gone. We're going to retire my cricket career, I guess. Sorry? Yeah, I think um, it's time that... Um, you know, I think people know about it. I'm sure people will be screaming, no, 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 we love hearing about it. Tell us more. But it's it's done. I think we're, we're finishing. Maybe what we could do. That saga. We get a cabinet and we put it in the trophy cabinet. Okay. And we have it behind us as a memory that will always Lamento. live on. But yep. we're, we're retiring it. I think after Kim Ilman's, I think we should tell Kim about it. Yeah. The last of 2021. Yep. And then it's done. Can I just pour one out for... for <laughs> There's a bit of um, it. Just don't put don't put it on the recording equipment. But yeah. Ah, um, oh, there you go. Pour a little liquor out <laughs> for Dan's five for sixteen. If you're on socials, sharing the pain, mm, sharing pour Dan's out pain. for five for sixteen. All right, we want to we'll just pour out five sixteen. Uh, all right, so we want to pour out for five six. Yeah, <laughs> five sixteen Stone on socials. Stone Cold Steve Austin has all right. John three sixteen or whatever on his Stone Cold three sixteen. All right, we're going. 
poor five sixteen. All right, I want to clog. I want to clog socials with this. Okay, pour it out. Poor Dan. Oh, pour it out. Poor Dan. P O. Oh my God. There's so many playing words. Now you haven't spoken about something that uh, you said you wouldn't forget to speak about. I tried to prompt you into saying it before, but you didn't. Still trying to prompt you into saying it now. The WNBL. <laughs> Absolutely not. I couldn't care less about the WNBL. The double WNBL. Please tell me about that, Dan. Okay. So interesting. It's not so much about the WNBL, but it's about cheating in sport. Okay. And you know me, I love to play by the rules. I'm interested in cheating about sport. Yes. I really couldn't care less about the WNBL. It's good. It's no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's no, not. No, 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 no. Right. This is not the, you know, this, we know where this isn't. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to be equal and everyone, but that, that it's, not up, it's not up to par. Okay. So what happened right? was. No crowds. It's not up to par. What happened was a team filmed their training videos because they wanted to sort of watch tape back and get prepared for the first game. This is the Sydney Flames. Mm. They wanted to watch back. Who's coach? Shane Hill is coach. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Boomer. Yeah. Yep. So um, they film their, their practice scrimmages. The referees come along and they say, we'd like the referees association to ever go, hey, we'd like to have that tape so that we could share it for training with the referees because COVID has been happening. They haven't been able to umpire referee as much. Um, he said... Originally, nope, I don't want anyone to see this footage. They sort of said, please, let's see it. They came to an agreement. Then what happened was Sydney played the Canberra Capitals, coached by Paul Gorris. You don't know that name. They, The referees submitted the footage to the Canberra Capitals so they could watch their game tape previous to playing with them. So they got to know all their players. They got to know exactly what they're doing. So it'd be like, it'd be like remember that? That happened in AFL, right? There was a little handy cam... Was Sheedy involved in that? A handicam oh, I mean, filming yeah. practice? Keep, please keep going. But. So then that's been given to the coach and then that first game in the season, all the players knew their players. They were calling them out before it happened. No, well, who, who won the game? Capitals. Right. And Are the, they a better team though? Well, there, there's just no amount of footage that you could get from training that would give no, you, you know an advantage players, like that. 100%. They no, know abso- exactly what they're going to do in place. Oh, basketball. Get the ball, drive to the basket, put it in the <laughs> ring. Oh, yeah. No, let's, oh, someone, let's go for someone who doesn't know basketball. So anyways, so, but the thing for me, the biggest thing is Paul Garris, who's the coach, Canberra Capitals, got a story about him. Yeah. I went into uh, uh, the locker room after a game when I was working for the Perth Lynx. And part of my role was to say to the coach, hey, we're ready for the press conference. Could you come with me? I'll take you through. Mm. He went nuts to me, told me to get out of the, the room. Um, part of my just job is to, you know, get everyone together for the press conference. And he yelled, he's, he's an awful, like, I, he always treated me awfully. And so to see him get suspended, I'm not. That's what coaches do, man. They, they yell at people. No, nah, I've worked with a lot of them. Most of them are great. Okay. Not that him. I worked with. Okay. He, he was awful. And he's but a cheater, cheating. apparently. He's a cheater. He only got, he, he got suspended four weeks. And the umpire got. One season suspended. Wow. There you go. So okay. a bit of a bit of controversy in the WNBL, which I, I just find it's like. well no, I just find it strange that they're cheating at WNBL level. Like you don't you don't hear well, you guess you don't hear about it at many other but levels. But if this too. was to happen in another sport, AFL for instance, it'd make some big news. Oh well that's the thing, mate. Like if it, if another team bought a camera, which they could down to West Coast training facilities, it's a huge open area. Like you could get a camera and film the whole of West Coast training. Yeah. Right? What what are you gonna? What, how much are you gonna learn? I I disagree. I disagree. I disagree with you wholeheartedly. What's the, what? What are they gonna learn from a training video that they couldn't learn from a game video? Because it's the first game of the season. 
they don't know anything about their players or well, anything. They're a completely like different team. They can completely different. What do you mean? What's the last game they played the year before? No, it's they're all new. All the they had like nine out of twelve new players, new coach. This was like their opportunity. Oh, so it was a scouting report. Yeah, without. So how's that any different to like round one happening, and then they just oh, what, that's like, fine. Yeah, round one. Yeah, so that's game. That's available. This is secret footage that was then linked yeah. to something. Look, I understand the morality behind it, but all I'm trying to say is that's not giving you anything, mate. Like you aren't learning much. Well, no, you're not. You, you you're really not. You're not learning that much. There's that. There's only okay. You, you learn the names of the players. You, you know, one's tall, one's small. <laughs> one's good on the left. One's good on the right. Nah. But no, the game's too quick to be like the players themselves yep. wouldn't be like. Oh, like what if what if I said to you if we say three or red, then that means Will's going to shoot a three on this play, and they go, oh, they've called red. That means Will's going to shoot, and okay, we need okay. to guard him closer. Okay, sure. So won't that leave someone else open? Like it's basketball, man. Just like. Just pass it around. Not if you're like doing everything in your. I understand what players are. I understand. Yeah. Just like trust me, I know so what they the are. Sports, yeah, I, right? under, I understand all of that. They they tell there's, players go in certain spots. There's just like okay, so you know the play, great. So just yeah. change the play or like what are what are they like? It's not it's not NFL like where they call the play. They do. Like, they call yeah, the plays. Yeah, yeah. But like, so change the play. Like you're not call, good. Call an audible. Yeah, that'd be right, mate. <laughs> yeah. like, or, or like instead of calling it red play, call it green. <laughs> I, they know what we're doing. Not when call you don't know green. that someone knows. I just think, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think... I think uh, you don't mind cheating in sport. That's what that comes down to. Well, that's what you're going to take out of it. <laughs> I like winning. We've I, got, I like winning. We've got new um, social handles. Do we? You've been... Well, I know yeah, Backchat. We've got a new Twitter, Twitter handle. Yes. Backchat underscore tweets. And I plan on changing back chats to something that I'm not going to reveal right now because yeah, like, I reckon that there'll be a little mother, mother such and such yeah, that will yeah, try and steal it. Snake it. But um, yeah, we're kind of changing it all. We're going to be we're just going to be calling ourselves back chat these days. Yeah. I think the two point can go out the window. I'm sick of looking after everyone else. We're back chat. Yep. You know we're back chat. You know we're back chat on YouTube. You know we're back chat on the podcast. We're yep. back chat. That's and what we do chat, now. On yeah. back chat is you send it, we read it. Yeah, that's correct. You've Huge missed the segment. no. You've missed the only thing that you told me you wouldn't forget to talk <laughs> oh, about. Yeah, sorry, you I stupid know idiot. I've been trying to like how much you want me to give you. It just looks stupid. No, no, I don't want to talk why. about this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what why. are you thinking about? What's happening in your brain? Are you? Are you there? I know you really want to talk about your fact that you're in the paper. There you go. <laughs> There you go, mate. There you go. You want a bit more uh, of a lead in? You want a bit more of a lead in? All right, in? mate. Tell us that you were in the paper. Like. How, d- how dumb do you want to get? You're stupid. Now, one thing that came up at the Christmas party, you showed me a picture that doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. The fact that you were in a celebrity, um, what is it, like a, a little lift out of the West Australian paper? Yeah, celebrity babies. Celebrity babies. Yeah. You had a baby 10 months ago. Yeah. But they've, they've decided now's the time to announce. Yeah, baby and celebrity. Both of those things. <laughs> So who who else was on that page? I mean, you're missing the strange part about it. I'm not sure, I'm not sure why I'm actually telling this story. This is actually what you're meant to be doing. <laughs> the fucking thing is, Cardi B is on the fucking That's celebrity right, Cardi babies. B. You're a, what's <laughs> happening right now? Cardi B. Yep. Who else? I can't remember. Oh, no, no, were they suck, notable mate. people? Mate, you suck so much. <laughs> Bindi Irwin. Bindi Irwin, that's right. There you go. The Schofields. The Schofields. Cardi B. Was, um, Good God. Was... Wow. Uh, Brittany. You know what else we do? You send it, we read it. Thanks for touching on that for us, Dan. Really good, mate. I'm going to need um, you to show me that photo again. 
with all the celebrities on there. Oh, don't, don't shoot me. I won't forget. I won't forget. <laughs> How many times do you want me to lead you into that? Put, fucking gonna, hell. We're going to put stuff in the document. All right, you send oh, it. Oh, I've got to put stuff in the document. <laughs> I fucking told you. You send it. We read it. Let's have a look. All right. I've no, got- no, no. You're done. <laughs> You're done. You don't get to see it. You want to see it? It was on our story. We've got, a, we've got a big one today because we've got a you call it, we speak it. Which is exciting stuff. Huge. If you want to be involved in that. Yeah. You want to give us your number. You want to give Dan your number. Good luck to you. Or no, it's a back chat. It's not my phone that sends the pre oh, okay. the preview text. It's definitely it's not back chat. Okay, yeah, so it's, not, it's not me. It's definitely not it. hot in here either. I'm sweating. <laughs> it's <for> it. so <laughs> warm. All right, this is from. Uh, you tell me who it's from, and I'm going to read out the email. Oh, the email. Mm. You send it. You read it. Mm-hmm. Russell Thomas. Yep. Thanks, Russ. Lads, loving the pod, particularly the insights you get from people no longer muted by an AFL club. Dan Venables and Masto Epps were awesome. Mm. Both players, particularly Masto were much maligned throughout their careers, but I feel like after the in-depth chats you had provided a perspective that the gen pop don't have, which ultimately gives them the respect they deserve outside the club's four walls. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Interested in your thoughts about players not being able to speak this openly about their role and internal praise while still on a club's list. Also, Dan, big props to you. Uh, doesn't matter. Big props to me anyways. But Also, Dan, big props to you on to the Masto app. Your questions were pointed and brought a great angle of the discussion. Yeah, I he's, agree. I'm still agree. waiting for signed pics of you two of us, which we need to... Yeah, we actually do. We took the photos. Yeah, we Sammy did. took the photos. Yeah. Print them out. All right, we'll, and we'll sign them. Um, great question, Russell, uh, and great points. I agree with you. I've been enjoying interviewing past players. Look, when we started going down this route of getting guests in... I thought, oh, I'll just get all current players. Like, what great insight we'll get from mm. guys that are playing the game right now. Honestly, it's been difficult. And I kind of quickly forgot how protective, not only West Coast, because I, I know guys at other clubs, we were extremely lucky to have Tom Hawkins on the show a few weeks back. Yep. Um, guys that are in the system are always, they're never going to bite the hand that feeds them. We are not in America. We are not in a state where... <laughs> Players can openly speak about how they feel about one, their role to the club, three, the AFL, because they're going to get ripped to shreds because of it. They're going to be in a position where it puts their livelihoods at risk and they're just not going to do it. So it's a little disappointing, but I guess it's pretty obvious and I probably should have felt that in the first place. So interviewing guys that are out of the game has been more interesting because as you say, guys like Venables, Masto, there's a whole list of people just here in Perth, but all across the AFL are much maligned because all you see of them is on the field and you, yep. you form an impression. And then what you see in the media isn't real. Like it's just not real because you can never speak your mind. You can never truly speak your mind. I I went pretty close to it as a player because I felt like I'd been doing media enough to be experienced enough to give some honesty and give something to the fans. But Know the line. Yeah, whereas a lot of guys don't have that. And so they don't have that and so they don't want to even go any clo- anywhere yeah. close to it. So you get them into an interview situation and you don't get a lot out of them. I mean, you remember a little while back we had Oscar Allen on. He did pretty well. For a young guy, he gave us a little bit, fair bit, but they're always going to put the club first. And again, it's not just West Coast. It is all players. And yeah, I don't love it. I don't love it. It'd be great to speak to more guys in the game right now, be able to give you proper insight. But the fact of the matter is the clubs are too protective. Like the clubs, the clubs don't want... They don't want controversy for starters. Yeah, the players are assets. They don't want they don't want people creating a stir. Mm. Like what we're told in media training is don't get like on the back page of the paper when you do an interview. 
Yeah. And a lot of stuff we talk about on this podcast probably would get you on the back page of the paper if anyone at the paper was listening. It's not that hard. I tell you what, Perth and any other media outlets, you just have to tune into Backchat Podcast and we give you some gold nuggets. But great, great little email there from Russell and um, we'll keep them coming to you. We've got some big, I would say relatively big name past players coming up. Huge. Huge. Dan says huge. This one's from Pippa. Dan and Will, just listened to your episode with Chris Marston. Seriously, cannot believe that players piss on the ground in the huddle. Mm. I never knew that was a thing. Mm. If you didn't know about that, Go back, listen to Masso talking about having a wee on the field. Um, oh, yeah, YouTube, YouTube channel. There's a YouTube channel. It's got the clip there. You can watch it. Find um, us, subscribe to YouTube. That's what we're talking about. We've got little daily releases coming out, so you'll find plenty there. If you would like daily updates and daily clips, mm. you don't want to sit down and watch the whole hour show, we'll give you the best all, parts. All the nugs. We'll give you the best yep. parts. Um, Pippa says, pretty sure that never happened in any matches that they played in any sports, footy not being... One of them. I couldn't imagine having a wee on the uh, the netball court if that's what you play, Pippa. It would be slightly dangerous. Mm. Anyway, have a good Christmas with your families and thanks for keeping the pod going. Yeah. And we will keep it going. Appreciate that from Pippa because we have done this over Christmas. Mm-hmm. Been a little bit difficult. Been in and out of yeah. guests. and Bad things. We've done our thing. Uh, look, I agree with Pippa. It seems strange. I'm telling you it happened. It happens. It's happening right now. A lot right of people now. were commenting saying that players have been fined in the past. Yeah, yeah, that's it? yeah, that's getting caught. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see it unless I told you. Unless you listen to back chat, you don't know what to look for because all it looks like, like I, I know what happens, right? And when I was sitting on the sidelines, I've done that a lot. I look sometimes and say, oh, I'll see which boys are doing doing a little wee. Mm. You can't really see it because there's there's a ring of there's a ring of players in a tight knit group, and there's guys in the middle doing hip flexes. Yeah, you, you can't see it yep. unless you, you got a little trained eye. So you have a look next year. You tell me I'm wrong. Happy to be told I'm wrong, but I'm not. But tell me. It's fine. <laughs> Daniel Marsh writes in, hi, Dan. Hey, lads. You know me. Inaugural, you send it. We speak it. Yes, yeah, we've yeah. got one of those coming up. Watching the NRL boxing fight night and was, pon- and was pondering why no AFL, union or soccer athletes get involved. Barry Hall is the exception. <laughs> yep. Who in the, uh, in the AFL could throw them? And how's Dan's form in the ring? Being an all-round athlete, of course, 5 for 16, which we did say we'll retire from today Retiring. onwards. Surely this is an opportunity for a challenge. You and I in a ring, chuck the oh. gloves on. What would you actually do in a fight? Do you think? Like, what would happen? What would? What, what would you? What would? Yeah. What would you? You'd have to. I'd have to. There's no other options. What are we talking? Like, how dirty? I don't know. I'd, I'd do like a spinning back heel or something. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see you do a spinning back heel from inside the ring with you as yeah. you spin, getting smashed to the ground. <laughs> um, who in the AFL could throw them? Oh, look, I don't know about other clubs. Um, Andrew Emily, Daniel Chick had a pretty highly publicised little botch, bo- uh, boxing go. Josh Hill used to be pretty good, um, ex-West Coast player, yep. um, Indigenous lad that was playing with us. He could box. Who um, would you want to get in the ring with that you've played with? Oh, uh, like Shannon Hearn got bricks for yep. a body. <laughs> he's j- like, you hit him in the face, he probably wouldn't He's flinch. not a boxer. He's not going to sit in there and spar with you, but like, he's just big. Yep. Daniel Kerr? Daniel Kerr, very good boxer. There you go. Yeah, Daniel Kerr. Be staying well away from Curry. All right. I believe he's uh, getting locked up, so it's probably going to be easy, easier said than done, as well as done. Right. Yep, he's going to jail. James Knowles. Hi, Dan. Charlie, if he's still around, and Will. Where he is. is. Charlie is, yeah. He's back from his little bachelor session down in Mumbry. <laughs> He'll be back. Um, I had a thought about your headshots that keep popping up on your social media posts. Will was pictured holding the Premiership Cup, yep. whilst Dan is clearly using his LinkedIn <laughs> profile picture. Um, 
one thing I, about me, I don't really enjoy getting photos taken. Mm. Um, so there's not many of them of me just po- like you. posing for a photo. Mm. So there's not many around. So yes, I think that one photo of me that was decent, I've put on everything, LinkedIn, etc. Yeah. Um, now because happy Will's, with that, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. It's something. Um, now Will's, imi- <laughs> Will's image uses his biggest sporting achievement. Is there any chance Dan's photo could be updated to show his biggest sporting achievement? We all remember we were that now infamous day five for twelve. <laughs> In under 12s, wow. Tell us where you were on that day, 5 for 12. I want to see your social media get clogged with this. Dan's <laughs> retiring it. 2021's over. Yep. Boland's taken 6 for 7. Uh, Dan's 4 for 5, f- 6, Dan's five for, It keeps getting it changed. It's definitely <laughs> not 5 for 12. It was 5 for 14. Tell us where you were that day. Tell us how sad you are that Dan's retiring the number. <laughs> I'd love to know. Put it on social media. Um, keep it good work. Feel very special to be included in the biggest media segment in the country. You send it. We read it. It's yeah, all Look, class. it's growing. Well done. It's growing. Well done, James. Jimmy, G- I'm going to call you Jimmy. Jimmy yeah. Knowles. Jimmy K. JK. All right. What was the question? Oh, yeah. Sort your, sort your photo out, man. Okay. All right. Well. Ridiculous. Okay. It's from like 2006, I reckon. No. Not that old. <laughs> all right. Chris Butler. We've got a few this week. Boys. Love the show. I'm an OG backchat listener. Oh, yes. Will being my all-time favourite footballer next to Benny Cousins. Mm. Have both signatures on the same jumper, life goal complete. Wow. Whilst wow. taking five wickets in a game is very important, not as important <laughs> as a regular health check, <laughs> I at the ripe at old age of 33 with two young girls have been diagnosed with bowel cancer. Yes, this sucks, but as my wife says, wow. this ain't a pity party. Wow. Boys, as you have a wide audience range, I'm asking if you can get it on the show for people to go get a checkup. If you have found a lump or you aren't feeling great or you just don't know when the last time was you saw your GP was, like Ben Brown wouldn't know when he last kicked a goal on Scully, <sighs> go get a checkup. Love you guys. Thank you, Scully. Watching you from the third tier of the MCG, giving Goey a bath <laughs> on grand final day is my greatest sporting achievement <laughs> just by being there. Okay, Chris. Uh, this has got so many aspects that I absolutely fucking love. One, you're an OG listener. Two... Uh, you're trusting us with um, some pretty private information there, mate. And uh, when I read this last week, because you sent this pretty early on, yep. I was, I was, um, oh, I felt pretty privileged to get an email like that. Like mm. this is um, someone who's 33 years old. Chris is 33 years old. Two young girls, so two kids. We've both got two kids, yep. and he's been diagnosed with bowel cancer. So I don't know the ins and outs of bowel cancer. I don't know um, how serious that can get, but I assume very serious. Yeah. So we did want to talk about this and just raise awareness, um, do go and get yourself checked, go to your GP. Uh, I've got a very good mate um, that's been through multiple battles with testicular cancer, same thing. All he speaks about is go and get checked. It might seem like a thing that, uh, you know, you don't have to do or you're young or, you know, these guys are early 30s, even yep. younger than that. Um, it's not that hard. Go and check, get checked. And Chris, we love you. Good luck with the battle, mate, and um, keep us up to date because we'll, we'll keep in touch. It'll be good. Yeah, definitely keep us up to date. Now, this next one we have. Yes. You call it we bloody speak it. You call it we speak it. Okay. Now, I'm going to need you to chuck the cans on. All right, can cans. Because this comes through our little system here. All right. We can do that. So let's just uh, – I'm just going to get the call happening. All right. Let's go audio. I'm going to read this as you're doing that. After a little deliberation, I've decided to take you up on your offer. I was worried I'd be a bit of a stunned mullet, but hopefully I'll be fine. I'm working on a farm for harvest at the moment, so I spend many hours alone in my tractor, which I spend listening to Backchat 2.0, which is very well spent, I'm sure. Hopefully the uh, 
I don't know. The harvest is getting harvest. I don't know what happens out there. I would appreciate pre- temporary service difficulties. <sighs> we are unable to connect your call at this time. Oh no, Liv! You know Come what? on, Liv. Is that your fault? No, 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 no. Okay. I've got, I've got connect here. Right. Well, she did say she's out on harvester. All right. Maybe, maybe we we'll give her one coverage. more try. Should we just give her a try? Right. Um, anything else you want to pick out of that email? Um, I would appreciate a phone call and the company of your lovely gents to while away some time. All right, we're gonna go. This is you know. This is going. Live, look, we love you. Yep. We we love you like we love Chris, but we don't love the reception you're getting. You're gonna have to <laughs> let us know who your uh, who your little uh, provider is out there, and we might get onto him. Might send Dan onto your case. <laughs> no, we not, won't. We're not I'm doing not, that. I'm not going to do that. I'm uh, sorry, but that's the the beauty of live. Yeah. Well, we're not live. Well, I've been but, talking about know. live. I think I think this is worth just like mentioning to our fans. I don't think this yeah. should be a secret any longer. Yeah, no. You happy with this? Yeah, of course. Uh, we, we, we're, we're planning on going live. We're going live on YouTube in about three weeks. Yep. Um, it's going to be a pretty similar sort of structure. We're going to be doing our thing like usual. You can still uh, tune in after the fact and watch us on video, consume us on YouTube as you usually do. You can uh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hello, Liv. Oh, oh. hang on. No, no, no. Just... This is live, Great. coming to you live out of the Mount Hawthorne bunker that we know is go. the Back Chat Studio. I think it's there now. Hello, Liv. How are you guys? Hey, we thought we thought Sorry. we're gonna have to, we thought we're gonna have to take up issue with your <laughs> mobile provider. Who are you with, by the way, Liv? Um, at the moment, I'm with Telstra. Oh wow. well, okay, they're the best in the business, aren't they? They've got coverage all over the place. Whereabouts are you, Liv? Thanks for letting us, uh, you know, you send it, we call it. Is that what we're calling it? I don't know, whatever it is. Something like that. Where are you in Australia right now? Um, I'm in Esperance, Western Australia. Wow, Esperance, and you spend. I, wish I was in Esperance right now. Yeah, so do I. It's so bloody hot. Where? What? And you tell us you're spending your time um, harvesting at the moment out in the tractors. Tell me what that involves, because I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's been good. Um, the farmer Matt has finished harvesting at the moment um, now, but it's been really good. I've been cutting grains and it's grain in the chaser bin, um, and we've had the headers go and they harvest and put the grain in the silos, and then the trucks come and take it. So you're harvesting wheat, uh, wheat, barley, canola, and beans. Oh, how's the canola looking at the moment? <laughs> Very good <laughs> canola, canola time at the moment. Yeah, I know. It's a dollar a kilo at the moment, Huge. which is really, really good. Here, you heard it here first, a dollar a kilo for canola. <laughs> not here first. It's been a big story all year, how canola's gone nuts. Um, We're not on the ABC, Dan. This is uh, Backchat 2.0. <laughs> now, now, Liv, um, tell us how long you've been listening to Backchat and follow that up with, it's the coming towards the end of 2021. Who's What's your, been your favourite part about this year on the podcast? Um, well, I've been listening to Backchat. I'd tried to get a hold of some of your older um, older ones because I didn't really know about it then. Okay. Um, back in, I don't know, 2017, 16 when you did it. Yeah. Um, I listened to your one with Daniel Ricardo with Bucky. Y- yes. That was good. Um, but then, yeah, last year and this year I've been listening to every single episode. Okay. Um, yeah, I've really been loving it. You- um, you sorry? Go. Yeah, you go. Favourite Favorite part this year? Who's, your be- who's the best guest uh, that we've had on? Oh, it's hard. You've had some absolutely incredible guests. Um, Dan Const. I love Oscar <laughs> Allen on. Oscar, Oscar Allen. Big O. Yeah. 
and Peter Ball was great as well. Yeah, Peter Ball was good. Yeah, and you can go back and watch all of these. I, I know I'm, I'm not. I'm talking to the converted here, Liv, because you have, but you can go back and watch all of these on YouTube, and you can mm. see them in the flesh. Liv, yes. this is your chance. Um, this is your chance. This is where we give you the opportunity. Here's your mic. Here's your opportunity. You got questions for us. You want to say something to the world? <laughs> Here it is. The mic is yours. Go for it, Liv. Um. Well, I was thinking. Seeing as we can't travel at all, yes. why not talk about it? Yes. Um, what's some of the best places that you guys have travelled and, um, yeah, places where you've had, like, really big learning experiences and stuff? Well, that's good. Mm. You've travelled a lot, Dan, so have I. Feb, yeah, a little bit here and there. I mean, um, I, all I hear about is how you spent time in America for a long time and all the good things you did there. I'll tell you about we've Austin, both been to Austin City Limits. Yeah, you really love talking about Austin City Limits. Uh, we both have gone to a place that not many people have gone to. Virginia? Richmond, Virginia. Richmond. What? Richmond. Uh, not the same wrong Richmond, one. by the way. <laughs> uh, no, Richmond, Virginia is good. Um, Esperance is so good. Yeah. I drove oh, are you going with Esperance? Uh, no, I remember just listing places. Okay. drove down to Esperance once on my old plates. Um, like I did, I did um, Oktoberfest. Munich one year. Oh yeah, that was I learned I learned a few things about myself that trip, um, and about drinking. Like that was I was nineteen then, so I learned that I could get through around ten to eleven liters of beer a day if it was non preservative, <laughs> <laughs> non non preservative, uh, you know, natural kind of things that happen in Oktoberfest because they brew them especially for Oktoberfest. Austin city limits is mine. Like it just just such a good lineup, and it was just. It was it was everything you'd want it to be. I spent time with Daniel Ricardo while I was on Austin City Limits. Oh, very good. Yeah, so maybe after speaking with Kim, Kim Illman this episode, maybe we should get Dan Ricardo on the show. Would that be good, Liv? Oh, that'd be great. I love Daniel Ricardo. Yeah, he's really nice. What, what's your answer to that question, Liv? What's that place that, for you that you've travelled to? Um, a huge learning experience was... Um, Probably I travelled to Niger in Africa on a mission trip. Whoa. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty epic. But yeah. That's a far way to go. I'm very lucky. Mm-hmm. Sorry? That's yeah. a far way to go. We, 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 did, we did something similar with West Coast. We went to Johannesburg and uh, going to forget the other name in South Africa. Victoria? Uh, no, not that. Um, Cape Town? Yeah, no, not Cape Town. Yeah, can't go, <laughs> can't go with you. Don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, our good live. Great. Um, anything else for us before we let you go? Um, I don't think so. Thanks right. so much. That's all right. Um, yeah, spread the love, be kind, and I hope you had a good Christmas and a happy new year. There you go. Spread the love, be kind, happy Christmas and a happy new year. You heard it here first. Liv, thanks for joining the program. Thanks, You're a legend. Liv. There we go. That's Liv. You, you speak it, we call it. I think you call it, we speak it. I'm hot. It's very hot Sweating. in here. Let's get. Let's just talk to, to Kim. All right, let's have a chat. Big fella, Kim Inman, the best in the business in the F1 photography. Let's have a chat. We are joined and lucky enough to have Kim Illman with us today, Dan. Um, he has just got back from answering his door at quarantine uh, where he's got his dinner delivered. How's it looking there, Kim? Uh, nice dinner on the way there, mate? This is not their best effort. They have some stunning meals, but this one, uh, like last week, will stay in the container. I'll probably order a burger from room service or something out there on the street. Very good. Now, Kim Illman, some people might be asking. I'm sure not all of you, but some people might be asking, who's Kim Illman? Well, Kim, why don't you help us answer that, mate? I... 
came across you um, not that long ago, to be really honest, Kim, interviewed you on 6PR and thought, I'd really love to get into your story a little bit more. What, where, where, what's, your, what's your history? Where, where do you come from? I know where you end up, which is F1, mm-hmm. the best in the world photographer, but... <laughs> One of the F1 photographers, just to say that. No, you heard it here first. Mm. He is the best in the world and only we have him. It's an extreme exclusive here on Backchat. (laughs) Kim, okay, so now you you, you photograph cars, F1. What were you doing? How did you become to do that? Well, most uh, people would know of me from my messages on whole days of waving hands behind the goals at Eagles matches. Yes. And that's, uh, that's a business that I have still got and has run for 33 odd years now. And it runs beautifully without me. So I decided I would go and do a few different things. And about six years ago, I decided to go and spend some time in Africa and shoot wildlife. And then I did a wildlife book, which was great. And that uh, was picked up by National Geographic and sold well around the world. And at that point, I was an enthusiastic photographer. Not great. um, But obviously, you spend 26 weeks photographing wildlife over a couple of years. You get reasonably good at it. And then I decided... I'd had enough of that, and I went to the 2016 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, last race of the year, and I went with Red Bull, and you get down in the garage and you have the headphones on. I was listening to Daniel talk to his engineer. I thought, oh, this is really great. I'd like to photograph this. So I made inquiries, and initially I just wanted to get accredited for testing in Barcelona in 2017 because I was going back there anyway. And uh, I put a case to F1 and said, look, this is what I think I can do for the sport. I want to do testing for a start. And they said, yeah. Thought, okay, well, that's nice. And then uh, I thought, well, I'll apply for Melbourne because that was the first race and I got Melbourne. And then I applied for every race that year. I did them all. I ended up working for uh, an agency called Sutton's, which was um, one of the major agencies. And then I wasn't going to do F1 the next year in 2018. I thought maybe I'll, I'll just do a handful of races. So I won't apply with Sutton's again to work with them. And so I just did five or six, the first five or six. And I thought, oh, I'll keep going. And I went through the whole year. I think I only missed two races. In 2019, I did them all except one. Uh, and I just decided that halfway through 2018, I'd get a little bit excited about Instagram. And I went from 4,000 followers then to 285,000 now. And it's been quite a journey. And uh, I've done all, all years except 2020 because we weren't allowed to go in 2020. All the photographers except for maybe 20 of the major agency guys were allowed in there. So right. uh, you know, I've done essentially four years. I, I find it a little bit uh, – well, it's 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 a, it's a intriguing story that you go from not really taking photos in effectively 2016 and, and taking photos of wildlife to – 2017 some testing and then you basically just do every race that you're allowed to do could anyone do this is this i know know you have the skills but if you just rolled in there and just put a few forms together and go i'll just like to come and come and take photos thanks not now right um maybe i was in at the right time because liberty had just taken over and uh, they had a different bent i guess than what bernie had had he was very closed whereas uh they're now looking to branch out. Social media is huge for them. Netflix has driven unprecedented demand for tickets and interest in the sport. The drivers are now true superstars. And I've got in at the exact right time, pure fluke, that what, what I'm doing has resonated with those people out there. And um, I, my main audience is 18 to 34s. 
and I have on social media about 630,000 followers across the four platforms. And it's just been phenomenal. The access I, I get as an F1 photographer, the tr like you're totally immersed in the sport. They are 13 hour days, so Thursday through to Sunday. It's at 52 hours of photography and then there's stuff after you leave the track as well. It's, it's like nothing on earth. I, I haven't worked this hard since I started Messages on Hold going back in 1988. You, you just flick a couple of those uh, followers and subscribers our way. That'll be fine. <laughs> Thanks, Kim. That'll be fine. <laughs> when, when you rolled back to um, – when you said uh, I went to that race um, with Red Bull, how did that – like did you just hit up Red Bull and say, hey, I'd like to come Well, out? you pay the money. You pay 10000 Aussie dollars. Right. And you go and have their food and booze and you get the great seats and you get to go down in the garage. Uh, anyone can do that now. Sort of like how Tom Cruise just um, – goes and is, is a part of the McLaren team for the day or whatever and puts the headset no, Tom on. Tom doesn't pay any money. Tom gets invited <laughs> and uh, he, as all of the celebrities do, it's funny how those guys end up at the track too. Some are invited by Formula One, some are invited by the circuit, some are invited by teams and we get uh, normally a heads up on Friday or Saturday with an email saying here's the celebrities at this race and you look through and some races there's no one I know and then occasionally oh David Beckham, great or Ben Stiller, Usain Bolt, uh, Harrison Ford, photographed all of those guys. Um, I, I, I want to get into a couple of stories around there, that, Kim. And I've been thinking, I'm not quite sure how to ask this question, Dan, but we do ask all of our guests on the Backchat podcast, Kim. Um, it's something around this. Look, we know you can do what you do, right? You're the one of the best in the world. I'm going to call you the best in the world, F1 photographers going round. How do I finish this question? What's your greatest sporting achievement then, I guess, outside of F1? You could say, you know, you photograph some of the best races in F1, but that's your job. So you have to give us something that's out of your wheelhouse. We're a sports-based okay. podcast. What's your greatest sporting achievement that's not on the F1 it can, track? It can be a, a under-9s footy game. Or it could be anything well, you want. Two things. Good. Two things come straight to mind. Good. I did win the club comp on a Saturday at Mount Lawley once, which was nice. Nice. C-grade. Or maybe B grade, and I also was the most improved at Clapham Primary School in the footy team one year. So, uh, that's quite <laughs> yes, most improved. That rivals yep. yours, Dan. Five for sixteen for the Coolbinia somethings. It's the Chuart Hill Lions, and you did met. I played for the uh, the Coolbinia Bombers. That was my footy team, and then the Chuart Hill Lions. And I know you're really intrigued by my cricket prowess <laughs> yeah. and career, but uh, I do have a trophy with you know. A, I had some great stats from a final. Um, that's probably mine. I don't know if it does beat most improved. Most improved. It's yeah. very good, Kim. Uh, and I'm glad yeah. that was straight off your head. At what? Yep. Back on your footy uh, connections, I do remember seeing the messages on hold signs around Subiaco. I played in front of those for a long time. Yeah. Do yeah. you still have a relationship with the footy club or has that finished? No, no that finished in, oh, I can't remember, four years ago. Uh, it finished the year before you won the premiership. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've traded some luck there with the luck you've had on the F1 track. Tell us what it's like to photograph uh, F1 cars. I can't imagine it's an easy sport to take photos at. I mean, the, the objects are moving quite quickly. Look, you, anyone can take a photo of an F1 car, but a great photo of an F1 car, that's a completely different story. And when I first started shooting, very green, uh, and I would shoot stuff and think, I'd show it to a couple of great Getty photographers who've been 
very helpful to me. And uh, they all the time they say background. You've got a toilet in the background there. You've got a crane there. You've got uh, a ute over there in the background. And so all the time you've got to be thinking, because the cars are the same every race. The drivers are the same every race. They're out on track. What's the background like? So it all gets back to lighting and background, and that's been my real learning curve is to not waste time shooting rubbish because oftentimes uh, I will, I'll spend five or six minutes at a corner or whatever. I think, what am I wasting my time for here? And then I'll have to go and reposition somewhere else, whereas I'm better off. And tracks that I know, I'll give you an example, Monaco. My, my best-selling photo is a photo of what's well, actually two, Daniel and Lando this year coming out of the Monaco tunnel uh, with the Gulf liveried McLarens. Now, if you, if you get onto ProStarPicks.com and search Lando Tunnel or Daniel Tunnel, you see these pictures, and they're stunning. I am so thrilled that I managed to pull that off. Now, I'll give you an idea of how you shoot that. Uh, a, the, there's no spectators anywhere near there, so you have to be accredited. You have to be down on the side of the track. You have to lie down on the pavement, and there's a there's a, probably a, a curb of that height, and then you've got about that much room, so you have to lie on the curb or put your leg down in the little bit on the road, and then you have to shoot through a gap that wide in the Armco. When the cars come past you maybe three metres away, some, some a bit closer occasionally, and then you've got to photograph them the moment they come into the sun, so the cars are in full sun, and behind them is the blackness of the tunnel. So it's a very tricky photo to get. It's uncomfortable, and you've got to be shooting them at a high shutter speed because you can't pan with them, because normally you'd pan with the car and you can shoot at maybe um, a 250th of a second. That way you see that the meals, wheels are moving, but if you're shooting at a thousandth or five thousandth, the car looks like it's parked there. Of course, it's not parked there. And in the rain, you see um, spray flying off it. And sometimes you might see a vapor trail out of the back. But if it's um, a shot where there's none of those giveaways, people think, oh, hey, it's just parked there, which of course it's not. Is it dangerous? Yeah, it's uh, dangerous. A couple of times I've been flicked by stones and it's smarted a little bit. <laughs> I have actually heard Daniel uh, actually talk about one race, he, after the race, he was talking to his trainer, I think, and he said, oh, I got hit by a stone in my hand and it killed me the whole race um, because that does happen. And I can tell you that my son, my 18-year-old son at the time, Tyler, uh, was accredited for one race in Monaco and he and I shot um, after the first corner they go up a hill and the whole 20 cars come up obviously very close together. And I've been warned that as soon as they go past, you have to turn your back because it brings this vortex of dirt and rocks and crap and all sorts. And sure enough, you just get peppered with small stuff on your back because you've turned. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it was um, last, uh, not the season, just gone with the one before, Grosjean retired from a race because he, I think it broke his finger. He got hit with something. And I remember watching it and he yeah. said his finger was really sore. And as a spectator, you're like, oh man, he's, he's retiring because his finger's sore. But then uh, it comes <clears throat> out later, he just literally got hit by a rock that hard that it probably, I don't know if it did actual damage to it, but it was that sore that he couldn't keep racing. Because obviously they've got to have you know, their hands are so important and if, if it's hindered at all, then it's dangerous, you know, oh, if they yeah. crash or whatever. But, yeah, he retired because he got hit hit by one of these rocks. It's a very physical sport. And there's a couple of spots, another spot in Monaco, um, <clears throat> as you as you go around the swimming pool there, they come very close to the arm car. Once again, we can shoot through this gap in the fence and we can get I, – I guess the car's on the other side of the fence. The fence is about that wide. And then there's us. So sometimes we're 35 centimetres from the wheel. Wow. Now – uh, we'll shoot them coming towards us, but I'm never that game that close to stay there. I always shy away, and I, I try not to, but I just can't not do it. 
Are there many? <coughs> are there many Aussies on the circuit? I know, obviously, Daniel's the only Australian driver. Potential uh, Oscar Piastri and a few other up yep. and comers on the way. But is there many Australians involved with the whole body of the F one? I reckon Michael Massey. Michael Massey. Yeah, Michael, you've got Kim Keedle, who used to train Roman, who now trains Oscar Piastri. You've got Daniel's trainer, Michael Italiano. You've got uh, Blake, uh, Blake, who is uh, Daniel's Blake friend. Yep, his manager. Who else have you got? You've got Luke Hinser, uh, Luke from Hinser, who does uh, the trainers. He's from Sydney. He won't come back until Australia sorts out this ridiculous quarantine crap. Yeah. Um, who else is there? Is there another one? So yeah, it's, Josh it's, Cruz. Only is a, a um, Yeah, yeah, it's a handful. Do you do you have to? Are you following the same guidelines as the the races would in terms of testing, in terms of quarantine uh, across different countries? Because I'm assuming you'd see different uh, measures across different countries. Are you getting tested the same amount of, as the races? Are you in contact with them? How does all that work? We get. When we roll up at a race this year, we have to be tested within 24 hours of entering the paddock and uh, we are tested. Well, that's the only test we have to take. We, we, all, we will take one on a Sunday because most of the time we fly on the Monday and we'll need that to get on a flight. Uh, you, you never hear from them about your test results unless you're positive. Yeah. And then you get a call. Um, but, yeah, we have our separate bubbles. We're not allowed to go into, say, the see, for the whole – no, not the whole year – up until Austin, we weren't allowed in the paddock. So for me to shoot drivers, which is what I tend to focus on, I have to. Um, oh, my t-shirt's starting to wreck. I have to go uh, and shoot them coming into the track. So I used to hang around where car parked was, and you wait for them to come in, and then you go back to the media centre, and then you go out on track to shoot. So we never had much for those first two thirds of the season inside the paddock. But then in Austin, we were allowed back, and it completely changed my output and um, the photos we got. But, yeah, we, we weren't allowed to mix with the drivers technically. We're not allowed to go into the team hospitality suites in the paddock now, whereas in the past we'd eat with them and everything. And then in the media centre, that's probably half the number of people they could normally fit. And last year, I understand, it was a quarter. So um, it's it's been very bizarre. But I think it's been a good year for me because there have been very few photographers that do every race. There might be 14 of us that have done every race. I'm one of 14 in the world. And it's allowed me to build this quite massive social media audience that um, has led me to be able to fund a lot of what I do. You've um, got a bit of journalism in your background before Message on Hold, um, mm-hmm. and you would have dealt with you know camera operators and stuff like that at the time. That can get a that can be a pretty feisty time trying to get the best shot, trying to get the best angle. What happens on the like in the paddock? Does it get a bit you know are you getting your shoulders or you sorry your elbows out and your fighting for, for <laughs> positions or is it That's pretty friendly well i remember once when lewis won the championship and they hoisted him up on their shoulders i think it was either mexico or us i can't remember which race i'm guessing mexico and that was an absolute real fight and one of my good friends from getty ended up with a big smash across his nose from a, a tv camera but that that's very rare normally it's we all work very well together there are a couple of people though who just have no manners and carry on and scream and shout and it's just unbelievable. But in general, no one gets too worried if they miss a shot. Yeah, they miss a shot. We get we get thousands of shots a weekend. Do yeah. you do you get a understanding of the money that's involved in this sport? It's one of the richest sports in the world. 
um, yep. incredible amount of money that goes into sponsorship and partnerships and uh, in general at each event. Do you get to experience that side of things and, and, and can you get a real gauge and give our listeners an idea of what that feels like? Yeah, two things come to mind straight away are the parties I get to attend put on by teams and oh, yeah. they are fantastic. Mm. Uh, and the other thing is that I'll give you an example. There's a there's spy photography. I don't know whether you know anything about that, but I was unaware of it before I started. But there are certain photographers, and their job is to go out and take photos of different parts of the car and um, send that back to their team clients because every team wants to know what the other team's got. Yeah. But then there's one guy, and his job is to go out on a corner during the race and maybe through quality. I don't know about that, but certainly during the race. And he plugs his camera into a cable, and he can't move from that spot. And his job is to shoot at an 8,000th of a second so that he never misses anything. It's all sharp. And every lap he takes photos of every car. Within a second, that picture is beamed back to his client wherever their headquarters is. Now, if there's, if there's a car on fire just around the corner and he could run there, he can't. He has to stay where he is connected to his camera because that is his role. Right. And he gets paid to do that for the team. And I believe it pays pretty well. It needed to because uh, it's not my idea of fun. So this is just to get um, an idea of parts and positions of, of parts and things like that. Well, for that, it's tyre degradation during the race. Right. So they just look at every photo and go, oh, he's got a bit of a, a nick on his tyre. He's going to be in trouble. Who throws the biggest parties? You said that uh, clients are throwing <clears throat> parties. Who's, who's, tell us who the best ones are. Uh, the ones at the top of the paddock normally, okay. so your Red Bull, Mercedes. But you know, look, it doesn't stop Williams throwing on a great show either. I was going to say, I thought maybe like Williams might be, you know, they don't have as, maybe not as much money as Mercedes, but maybe they know how to party. Well, uh, there is a lot of money floating around. Uh, it, it's, it is bizarre to see like these motorhomes that the drivers get dressed in and also in Europe where they have their hospitality are quite spectacular. And the catering, the best catering is Mercedes. They have a brilliant buffet. This is in a normal year, not last year or this year. Uh, Ferrari's always good. Uh, Red Bull, when they have their big suite, is fantastic upstairs. It's it's better than any paddock club uh, corporate thing, except no, they don't tend to serve a lot of alcohol, obviously, because it's in the paddock. But, yeah, you, you see the money and you see the seriousness that, you know, if, they, if a team can jump one position, it's tens of millions of dollars in, in prize money. So it's worth them spending the money to get shots of tyre degradation and parts on cars. What about the difference between being in the sort of area of like the Haas team compared to then Mercedes? Like just just viewing it, can you see how much of a difference in terms of finances and resources uh, between those two teams? Well, see, someone like Haas, they have uh, Stuart Morrison is their PR guy. He handles the PR for the team, for Mick and for Nikita. And he has to do the whole lot because he's down that end of the paddock. Whereas you go to Ferrari, they have a team PR person. Charles has his PR person and Carlos has his PR person. So there's three PR people because they obviously have more money. They have a greater audience that's interested. And you'll also find that uh, with those teams down the bottom end of the paddock, they get very little TV in terms of um, networks setting up in the paddock because everyone wants to be around the top three teams no one goes down the far end like, and, I, and that's even my photos you get lots from the top three or four teams and very little from that far end because you're going to give away give up shots of the main players to go and get shots of second tier uh, drivers down that end 
you got to look after the role players, Kim. I'm sorry, but you got to get some photos of some of these role-playing drivers. Uh, I get some, but I don't get a lot. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, what about your um, your footy interests, Kim? Being a WA person, are you um, are you happy to give away your who you go for? Is there are you, are you keeping track of games while you're out travelling? No, <laughs> I have no idea. I have no care. I sponsored the Eagles for 20 years, um, so I would I would be interested if the Eagles were playing. But yeah, uh, I, I did actually have a chat with Daniel uh, about the footy at the at the Sochi race on the Saturday. We talked briefly out the front of the um, paddock because we're not allowed in, and we talked about who he was going for. And I mentioned that in one of my posts, uh, but. No, I don't really care about footy. In fact, I don't care about any other sport. People say, oh, what other sport would you like to photograph? I go, oh, nothing. This is 23 races in a year. It's an, a crazy amount of travel. Like last year, I did 25 countries. I had 42 different, different or 43 different hotels, Airbnbs, and a boat. Uh, it was just a crazy year to be getting around. 50-odd PCR tests. Didn't get COVID, not once. Missed two flights that were cancelled when I got to the airport. But apart from that, I think I had a, I had pretty good luck. What sort of – I mean, there'd be a lot of people listening that have just tuned into the F1 this year. I mean, I'm one that's followed F1 for a while but never really understood it until I really got into the Netflix series, which you mentioned at the start here. But they don't um, get the, I guess, access that you would. What sort of insights and access do you get that – everyone else doesn't get. Like, what sort of things do you get to see that we just wouldn't? Like, other than, I know, I know photogra- like photographing the race and being close to the cars, but in terms mm-hmm. of driver interaction and team interaction, what sort of stuff are you seeing that isn't going to be covered by Netflix or anyone else? Okay, well, on the grid, I can stand next to um, Mick Schumacher talking to his engineer, and I can hear Mick say this and that, and I can hear Lando say that and that, and I go, that's interesting. Mm. Uh, you're not, you're not hearing that. You're not seeing that. I, I see Carlos grab a towel and wrap it around Lando's head and pull him away from a media interview because Carlos wants to do his interview. You're not seeing that <laughs> unless you happen to be watching the video that that particular TV network was shooting at the time. Uh, it, it's phenomenal, the stuff that I see and hear. And when I talk to drivers, some of them tell me stuff, and the ones I know reasonably well, I'm more than happy to talk about different stuff. And I think, wow, if, if I was a real shit i could actually go and um, print some of that stuff but i don't because it's not worth it you have to see these guys next week and my shtick is not um i everything i print is positive and in all my instagram posts and sometimes during um uh, like on a typical friday or saturday i might post 15 different instagram posts none of them are negative because it's just not worth putting anyone offside because the access i get is fantastic and these guys will tell me stuff and and they'll pose for me and i'll give you one example um if you're a local photographer and you would go along to an f1 race uh, because you are from the local newspaper no driver is going to look at you they're just not going to look at you whereas with me if the drivers that i know well i'll get the smile i'll get some sort of recognition and my photos are always well not always often better because they're looking straight down the lens of that camera they're not for the locals. Who's who's in the zone more than anyone else? Uh, you see these races, they're athletes, even though some people might think driving cars is not an athletic thing to do. It, it It's an incredibly physical sport. Who, who 
do you think is in the zone more than any other of these drivers? Is it the obvious one? Well, Matt, Max is only there to race. He does not care about the PR side. He doesn't smile at anyone. Uh, he's a tremendous fella, and uh, I love talking to him. He's very relaxed and cool, but he's not there to entertain the media. He's there to do the racing. Lewis uh, this year has been great with his fashion on the Thursday, and he's using the media to highlight his love of fashion. Um, but once again, he's pretty serious. He doesn't he doesn't smile at anyone else. In fact, he keeps the look. He keeps looks for the cameras to only his cameraman. He will not look at anyone else. In fact, if there's twenty cameramen right ahead, video and stills, he'll look away always. Well, yeah, <laughs> most of the time, he is he's quite unreal when it comes to that. He's very clever with um, looking after his image. Whereas some of the younger guys, like um, the new guys in the sport, Yuki and Nikita, they're great. They'll smile and they're just loving the whole thing. They're not at that stage where they're jaded. They're not having to worry about, oh, I can only think about racing the car because oh. I'm that close to a And they're maybe not there to win either, really. They're, realistically, they're not there and winning's not everything for them because realistically, they're probably not going to win, are they? No, Nikita, Mick Schumacher can't win. Mick, Mick's very focused, but yeah, he's never going to win a race in that car. How, how, do you, how do you feel about that part of the sport? Um, it's not exactly a, an equalised sport where everyone rocks up with the same chance to win every week because it's just not. Is that just part and parcel of what F1 is? Or um, I guess, how, how do you feel about that? I, I laugh when people say, oh, that bloke deserves a seat. Well, no one deserves a seat. This is, this is a a fun venture where people decide, hey, let's go put some money together and build a team. It's not for the team to say, oh, we have to be uh, fair and we can, should only spend this much money. It is a money sport. And I don't think just because it's governed by Formula One that everyone has to, uh, uh, that everyone should stop spending money. It's always going to be the case that those with more money are going to have a better car in general. Yeah, no, fair enough. And what about this uh, final race this year? Um, if anyone wasn't an F1 fan, they probably saw the last race of the year. It came down to Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen. Uh, one one race wins it. Um, one, la- one lap, essentially. One lap in the end. Uh, look, it's somewhat controversial, and I've got my own views about it, but I'd like to hear someone who's been there and done that for the last five or six years right in amongst it. Your thoughts on... Well, well, that race and, and the champion in the end and, and how you felt about that whole process. The thing with photographing is that when we're out on track, oftentimes we have no idea what's going on. Uh, if we've got the headphones in and I'm listening to BBC's Live at Five, Five Live, then I get a good idea. But sometimes the internet's so bad that we can't get any coverage. But luckily I did actually hear um, a fair bit of what was going on at that race and I could see it on the screens. But you know what? It wasn't until 10 days afterwards that I really sat down and had a look and worked out why people were angry. And I realized it was because of that decision to let the cars pass and put Max right on his back. Um, but I, look, I understand that Lewis's fans and Lewis's team would be suitably angry about the whole thing. Uh, Max was lucky, perhaps, in that instance, but Max has been unlucky at other times, and Lewis has been lucky. Um, so. It's, it's the rub of the green and uh, doesn't bother me too much. I, I, look, I don't really care who wins. I just want to see a close race. And all the time leading up to that last race, um, people say, who do you go for? So I, w- I want whoever's behind to catch up and not get too far in front. So that's what I want. I want to come down to the last race, 
And then to have it come down to the last lap was just a dream for the F1's market. Uh, apparently, uh, they, they have an end-of-year dinner ball. You'd probably know, Kim. Yeah, um, uh, dollar rewards. Mercedes didn't go. They just didn't rock up. Yeah, no, they're thinking about ways of pen- penalising Lewis, I believe, for not not uh, not going yeah. to that. Is that right? They just didn't come? Yeah, you, you, you can't not go. It's like go to the... the, the um, I think Valtteri was there. I think Valtteri Bottas went, but but Lewis was the big um, the big one that didn't show. Um, speaking of the Mercedes team, have you had much interaction with Toto? Yeah. What's yeah. what's I well, mean the the TV I think likes to make him out to be like this crazy sort of almost villain. <laughs> um, but what's he what's he like when sort of the cameras aren't rolling on him? Well, look, I, I had very little to do with Toto until Mexico, and I took a photo of him. Uh, going into the because of the second race, we're back in the paddock, and it was the uh, I took a photo of him going into the hospitality suite, and then his PA came out and said, "Oh, do you have a few minutes in thirty minutes? Toto would like to have a chat with you." And I said, "Yeah, I'd love to." Awesome. So I thought this is interesting, and I went back, came back in thirty minutes, and we had a chat for probably five or six minutes. Now that's a long chat in Formula One, right? Especially during a busy race weekend and a man like him. And we talked about a couple of things. I won't say what, but. Uh, I'd not had anything to do with him prior to that. And I thought, well, he's a pretty cool guy. And you might have seen, I don't know whether you saw this photo of mine, but uh, Abu Dhabi, Friday, they have a press conference with the team principals. And on the Thursday, they'd had the drivers and Max and Lewis were teamed together, which was fantastic. And then on the Friday, they had Toto and Christian together. And I, our media centre is just you know, stone's throw from the press conference room so I thought I'll wait until they come out and I'll go out and get a shot and I was the only photographer to get a shot of them coming out and I thought they'd come out separately and um, be quite standoffish well they came out together chatting amiably and there's quite a height difference and in fact I put a picture up on my Instagram account today which is um, one of my 10 most notable pictures of the year and it turns out that they buried the hatchet in that particular press conference and I had no idea because I wasn't listening to it we didn't get the audio in the press room but, uh, yeah, that was a remarkable thing to see those two who'd been just at each other's throats for so many weeks walk out pally. I kind of feel like that's be- like being a coach in the AFL. Yes, it's at a bigger standard. Yes, it's a global nature. But these guys, there's only there's only 10 principles, right? There's only – is that how many teams? Yeah. yeah. Like there's yeah. 10 team principles in the world at F1. There's only mm. 10 people that are actually doing this job. So I sometimes watch and see the carry-on and see the back and forth and – think to myself, yes, it's true, they're competitors, but they would have a deep connection because there just wouldn't be too many people on this earth that understand what they go through. And from time to time, they have to get on the same side of the table for things that benefit both of them. Uh, so, yeah, they, they, they would work together and uh, have a reasonable relationship, but I guess just over that period of weeks, it became more friction and more friction, and then someone would say something and the other one would retaliate, but... Yeah, it's just people, and well, if you're in front of the cameras and they, you're sort of implored to sort it out and shake hands, you look like a bit of a cock if you don't do it. That's what I reckon. <laughs> and they'd be acutely aware of the PR involved in that. My theory on it all is that they sort of chat on the phone afterwards and they have a laugh, and they just sort of they know that they're building this big show for everyone, and only it only builds more interest in the sport. Like. They'd, they'd be very clever to know when and when not to say things because it would make, um, yeah, definitely more interest in, in the sport. Um, where to next, mate? Are you going to keep doing this for five or ten years or are you going to wrap things up? What are you thinking? 
don't know. I'm going next year. <clears throat> um, I think it'll be much like this year. We have to wear masks at every race. We'll have to do PCR tests pre and post. Uh, we'll have to keep our bubbles. I just can't see it getting back to normal anytime soon. But you know, that's got its pluses too. That stops a lot of other people who might be competing with me getting to the track, certainly for the harder races and the ones like Saudi and Russia. Um, those races are sort of shunned by a lot of the F1 photographers. So, yeah, that helps me. Okay, good. I'll keep going as long as I can. Um, as long as I enjoy it, I'll keep doing it. I don't need to do it. We, are, doing it we, we do a little segment on here. I'm sure you've heard about it, Kim. Um, I'm sure this is the exact reason you're on this show with us. It's called Social Media. Yes, that's right. Will Schofield with Social Media. We, right. we, we get the fans and we get people to interact with us and ask you the questions. We get a, sure. good, ch- we get a good chunk of time to speak with you, but we'd yep. love to make this a bit of an interactive session. So um, I'm sure you've been waiting the entire interview to start this, but are you ready for Social Media, mate? I'm interested to see what they ask. The, the questions I always get are, uh, what's your favourite track? Um, how can I become an F1 photographer? And who's your favourite driver? They're the three. All right. Well, we'll see if we can get something different for you. I'm not sure if anything's come in recently at all. I'll have a look. Why don't you read the first one and I'll have a look if any new. All right. Any Sounds new good. Sounds good. Social media. Here we go. Kim Ilman edition. Be- oh, Beck Biscuit 97 no underscore, disappointing, but I will ask the question anyway. Are there any drivers that will straight up ignore you in the paddock? Well, Lewis, <laughs> Lewis will, um, he's not rude. He's just careful with his image. Uh, Kimmy, the same. He was. He seems angry. He, he doesn't go out. No, he just doesn't go out of his way. Yep. And there's, there's nothing rude about any of these guys. They don't abuse you. They just understand and like Lewis, as I mentioned, sometimes will use the media, use us to get his message across, which we're more than happy to do. But there's there's no one that's um, rude or obnoxious. What, what about Kimmy? I mean, he comes to mind of a person who's mm-hmm. a bit ice cold. I mean, they call him the ice man. Um, does he give you much? No, nothing. He gives me nothing. He gives no one anything, really. <laughs> he's, so, he's so disinterested in all of the, that side of things. He and Max just want to race. But Max is obviously a bit more open. And Kimmy, Kimmy just doesn't care, and I think that's what people love about him. All right, this one's from All Good Sometimes, uh, regular contributor on social media. How did COVID affect your ability to work and get the shots you wanted? No paddock shots for two thirds of the season, uh, but that did mean that I was spending more time near the car park. So I started doing what the drivers drove to the track. So these are my—I've got 170 odd thousand YouTube followers now, and that's. Um, that provides me with a great audience to do things like what drivers drove to the track. That's one of my amazing videos every single race. People want to know, what did Valtteri drive? Well, he drove an AMG GT. Oh, okay, and him, he drove a scooter. So that they're, they're two things that um, changed uh, rather than a normal year as opposed to a normal year. This person says, uh, 40s, he says, ever considered doing guerrilla-style advertising at any of the circuits, a la messages on hold at Subiaco Oval? <laughs> I get away with one. Once I would get away with it and then I would never yeah. go back again. Yeah. So perhaps I leave that for my very last race. But yeah. 
Yeah, you're gonna be like the goal umpire that did the uh, thumbs up. Oh as, yeah, the thumbs the up. These ones. <laughs> you're gonna give Everyone. that one on the way out. All right, when we see that, you've heard it here first. When, when you see Kim, Kim Ilman, you know, messages on hold, shirt standing on top of one of the barriers at Monza. We know that's the last race yeah. you'll ever do. All right, what about this one? This one maybe a bit of a different one. Like, well, you did say, "How do I become an F1 photographer?" But Live underscore Floro asks, "What jobs did you have that led up to your photography?" <laughs> well, I ran I run a company called Messages on Hold. I <laughs> uh, worked on radio. Uh, no, I should not be photographing Formula One. I had no. <laughs> <laughs> what what uh, made you pick up the camera then in the first place? Uh, I, I've got a beautiful house in Lancelot we built eleven years ago, and when I started going up there every weekend, in fact, I have not spent a weekend in Perth in the last eleven years, except for this two weekends. I've been locked in this joint in quarantine. Um, but I would photograph what's happening around Lano and uh, I then put together Lancelin.com.au website and started promoting it on Facebook and uh, I got this love of photographing landscapes and stuff and that sort of led me to this, but that's not the normal career path of an F1 photographer. <laughs> what is? What, what is? Oh, well, I think you've got to do motorsport for 20 years uh, and then know someone. But look, there are no jobs. There are no photographer wanted apply here pays fifty grand here. That's not a thing. That's what what I was going to ask. Right, so you think that you lucked into being a photographer in the F one a little bit, where your timing did a little bit. If okay, right, right at this moment, knowing what you know, if there was something else of that ilk where someone could apply or pay a bit of money and then turn it into a career, where would you direct them? Would it be? Is there someone that carries drinks around perhaps that they could get them to every paddock or is there someone that's mopping up the floors? Is there someone that, uh, attack, I don't know, Velcros the padding on the inside of the metal barriers? I don't know. Is there something that you're like, anyone could do that. If they were smart enough to apply, you could follow the F1 around for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Look, um, you, you, could get a jo- you could get a job with the team, but really you've got to be based in Europe. There's no one from Australia gets a job based out of here. Uh, you can get a job at a circuit but that's only for one race. But then again, I've got some lovely friends from England who work for Formula One. They go from, they go to, not all the races, because it's a, it was a big travel schedule. And a lot of them go to say half and they share it with someone else and they might do podium ceremonies and that's their job to make sure that goes off well. Look, there's lots of jobs in Formula One, but I, I couldn't tell you how to get one. I think, the aren't, aren't the stewards volunteers? Stewards? Yeah, sorry, not the stewards. The um, the clean up guys, the marshals. Sorry, the marshals. Some are, some aren't. Like for instance, there's uh, at, at races we have um, shuttle buses that run us around the track. The photographers. Now they're they're actually paid, and I would have thought they would have been volunteers just to get a because they drive next to the car. Sometimes they're driving nearly at the same speed as a car along the side of the track. But no, they uh, they are paid, and that. That's absolutely threw me. We've got a couple more before we get there. When there's a big incident like that, I'm going to be, I'm not going to know names here, but there was a huge crash a couple of years ago. Um, Grosjean. Yeah, Grosjean. He walked out of it, flame ball, that sort of stuff. When there's a huge incident at uh, a racetrack and either you're not in the vicinity or you are near the vicinity, what's that like from a photographer's point of view and being involved on the ground level? Well, if there's a prang around the corner, you've, you pick up two cameras and you run. Yeah. If you can't see it with a long lens. You pick up two cameras and run, and your heart beats fast because you. And I'll give you an example of um, 
Monza this year when um, Max ended up on top of Lewis. Mm. I was at that corner. Unfortunately, I was following another car around, and I just that had gone past me, and I moved back to start looking for another car. I thought, oh, my God, they're on top of each other. So I take a couple of shots from where I am, but it's not a great angle. So I just take one. I think I took one. No, maybe two cameras. And I just raced probably 60, 70 metres and got shots of Max coming out of the car. But, yeah, your heart beats fast. But typically you will take shots very quickly off something and know that you've got a shot before you reposition to get a better one. You don't run to get something better and then you miss out and then you get nothing. <laughs> you turn into a runner instead of a photographer. <laughs> this, yeah. this one's from Short for Decker. Most unexpected aspect of your job. There you go. Hmm. Nice question, well, Short for Decker. Well, look, it was all unexpected when I started because <laughs> I was clueless <laughs> as to how it all worked. And each week goes by, you learn something new and you become a bit more switched on. I, I can't... Think of anything that's unexpected. Okay. There you go. Everything. Um, what about – now, is this a thing that you don't give away your favourite driver? You said that that's something you get asked all the time. Is this a thing that you play with, Kim? You, you, yeah. I, I did watch a video in anticipation of having a chat with you and it suspiciously – Yes, it's suspic- suspiciously cut out when you were mentioning yep. your favourite driver. Is this something that yep. you do? You don't mention who yep. your favourite driver is? Yeah, because um, – like I work with a few of them, and um, you don't want them getting wind. Oh, you're you're not his favourite driver, so that that doesn't do you any good. And I, I remember doing my um, one of my most popular videos, which had more than a million views on YouTube, is uh, wives and girlfriends. Uh, last year's no, this year's one one or the other. You know, they all all had about a million views the last three years. And, and one of them, I said, I'll tell you my favourite uh, girlfriend, whatever. And I did the same thing where I alluded to it in the the thing drops out. Oh, people get very angry, very angry that you said you were going to tell us and then you don't. But no, there's, there's no point in that either. Okay, Kim. Well, you've got your forum right here and you're going to tell the back chat community your favourite driver okay, right I will. Now. I will tell you. It's Nico Hulkenberg and he's not driving at the moment. <laughs> Nico and I had the loveliest relationship. He would always look at me. And it came about because I think – after a period of time, you see people every week, and he obviously grew comfortable with me, and occasionally we'd chat. And then I was in Moscow, uh, and I saw he'd put up a post of him, I'm in Red Square sort of thing. So I sent him a note, and I said, oh, why don't we have dinner? And I thought nothing of it. That was about 4 o'clock, and then I decided to have an early night. So at 7.30, I'm in bed just watching stuff on television, and I get this message, yeah, okay, 8 o'clock at the Ritz-Carlton yeah, no worries. I get up and get dressed. Yeah, no race in there. Oh, it was a very funny evening, very funny. And then uh, after that, I would, I got on better with him and better and better, and we'd chat more and have a drink occasionally. And then I got on famously with his now wife, but you would never ever catch him and his girlfriend together. They would they would come in together, but she'd be five meters, three meters away, and he would never walk with her. And he was a real bugger with that. Until the last race in Abu Dhabi in 2019, and uh, he, he walked with his girlfriend sort of separated until he got to the 20 or so photographers. And then when he got past him, I walked further down because I thought oh, often I'll do that. I'll walk the whole length because yeah. you get a better shot. And then they came together and he held hands and he was smiling at her for me. And I thought, well, that's lovely. And then at the end of the race, I actually shot him coming out of the uh, FIA garage which no photographers do because they're all out getting the glamour shot of um, the top three. And I get him and her having a kiss and a cuddle. It was a really lovely moment. So, yeah, I get on very well with him and 
yeah, he, he is my favourite driver to shoot, but he's not a driver this year. There you go. You've heard it here first. That's pretty good. You must have been stoked then when he got the call up last year. He had one race last year, I think. Is that right? The someone someone got COVID, I think, and he, yes. he drove for Racing Point. Yeah, yeah, and he did all right, didn't he? In quali. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone thought, oh man, he's going to come in and get a podium or something. He's right. a tremendous fella. He's a real character, and he would do silly faces for me too, which I love. Kim, you're a good man. We appreciate the time you've given us. Uh, we realise this is day 14 in quarantine, so hopefully, in turn, we've helped you burn another hour of time <laughs> of sitting around in that hotel room. Can you give our uh, listeners and our watchers on the YouTube channel a bit of a view out the window and what you've got painted up on the window for us? Yeah, this is um, this is toilet paper there. Is it going to go around there? <laughs> I don't want to cut the internet connection. No, it's right. It looks like a 41, but I assume you've done that so it looks like 14 on the outside. Yeah, because I know what it says, but the people outside need to know what it says. Oh, that's very good. The, so rest, of the, room, the rest of the room is a complete mess, and uh, <laughs> I'll be very keen when I get my call, which I expect any minute now, saying, right, your checkout time is whatever. And uh, my wife's done two weeks in quarantine. She came over to Europe earlier in the year to help out with some of the workload I had and um, she would never go back and do it again. Well, I haven't found it too bad. The food's been okay. Uh, It's been pretty good. In fact, I did a live stream the other day on YouTube and it was a 12-hour live stream. I talked for 12 hours in a row. Mate, we were actually talking about doing this exact same thing. How was it? You know what? It went really quickly (laughs) and that was great because that's half a day in quarantine. We're actually earning some money, which was (laughs) What's the first uh, thing? Sorry, what's the first thing you're going to do when you when you get out? Uh, you'll be able to see it because I'm, I'm doing a video called Family Reunion and it talks Good. about my time in here. But it'll be uh, my wife and kids will come and uh, we'll go and see my dog, drop my stuff off at home, and then we're going to have dinner somewhere. I don't know where. Then I'll be back to Lancel and to um, enjoy my beautiful beachfront house, which I've really missed this year because I've lived out of a suitcase for. 200, oh, 300 days by the time I get out here. I haven't been back to Perth since I left on March the 4th. Well, mate, enjoy. Thank you for spending some time with us. Uh, I know our listeners will have enjoyed it and our watchers. And uh, maybe you can let us tag along as a couple of, uh, maybe your baggage handlers for a couple of races at some point in time. How many people do you reckon want to do that, job? Yeah, but, you know, how many people are as good looking as Dan and I? Yeah. Well, if you get accredited, by F1, you come and see me by all means. All right. Melbourne. Right. Melbourne next year. I'll see you we'll there. there I'm, with, I'm, giving, I'm giving Dan a call. I'm giving Dan Ricardo a call. I'm going to sort this out. Thanks very much, Kim. You're a good man. Cheers. There we go. Kim yeah. Illman just he's, traveling around the world taking the photos of F1 cars. He's the man. Pretty we loved good. it. Um, if you enjoyed it, you can find us on YouTube. Yep. Get on there, subscribe. Uh, we've got a little system now. We're starting to drop things daily. So if you haven't been jumping on for the full episode, we just we just drip you out yeah, a little bit some of the highlights. Um, we're on TikTok now. Yep. We're all over at Reddit. We're yep. just weird things happen over there. Mm. Um, you can find all of this on our website, backchatpodcast.com.au. YouTube, you just look after Backchat Podcast. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. We're kind of changing things up. Like we said, we're going to go live show. Uh, we were cut off earlier on when we were talking to Liv. We're going live show. We're going to do a live show from yep. about three weeks' time. You can follow us live on YouTube. Take it how you usually get it on YouTube or you can listen as an audio podcast. It's been fun. 
Dan's uh, five for 14 at wherever the hell he's done that. He's getting retired. <laughs> Ticket to, we're retiring it. Tip a little liquor out for it. Scotty Boland's put him in the bin. Six for seven. It's good while it lasted, though, you know? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 